0: Cause I feel like I I don't try to take myself too seriously most of the time. And I I think that people are kind of tired of that. Like it's not, Twitter's not LinkedIn. We need to stop like talking to our like customers this way. It's just boring. Obviously there are times for it, but I think everyone can chill a bit.
1: Hey everyone. Welcome back to Going Deep with Erin Watson. My interview today is with Aubrey Strobel. She runs all comms for Lolly. Lolly is a browser extension similar to Honey, where you can shop at all sorts of retailers, including Nike and Expedia, and earn Bitcoin as a form of cash back on those purchases. It's a pretty cool idea, and we discuss how it works, why so many people are flocking to the platform, and importantly, how this is an avenue for getting more women into cryptocurrency, a field that has been highly dominated by dudes. I had a lot of fun. We also talk a little bit of Philadelphia Eagles football at the very end. Here is Aubrey Strobel.
0: You're listening to Going Deep with Aaron Watson.
2: Aubrey, thanks for coming on the podcast. I'm excited to be speaking with you. Yeah, Thanks for having me on. Let's start off. We, we are a show that sometimes covers the blockchain stuff, but we're, we're all over the place. Sometimes we'll talk with you know, an office furniture wholesaler. So some of the audience might not necessarily be familiar with the term stacking sats. Can you explain what that means and its kind of significance in the crypto space?
0: Yeah, it's, it's funny too. I think stacking sats sounds like a mouthful on top of just being you know a new term to a lot of people. And they're like, I've had people like privately message me, that I've worked with in the past, uh, not in the crypto space, and were like, what is stacking sats? Stacking sats is accumulating fractions of Bitcoin on a regular basis, I would say. So it's like, you know, whether that be buying, mining, or earning Bitcoin, um, it's just, you know, you're earning fractions of Bitcoin, which are Satoshis, and that's why it's shortened to sats. And the community really rallies behind these sort of mimetic like phrases. And they just get thrown out um, all the time. So I can understand how it's a little daunting, but yeah, it's just getting getting some coin, getting some Bitcoin in your wallet on a regular basis. That's like a learning curve. I also think we need to communicate better in the industry.
2: Yeah, because it can be daunting. You see, you know, whatever it is today, $56,000 for a, a single Bitcoin. And, you know, people think about like a traditional share of a, a stock or some other form of, of financial instrument that they would buy. And the divisibility, the accessibility of, you know, even a, a percentage of a percentage is still not only something you're able to own, but if, if you're starting from a limited, you know, reservoir of, of capital, that's a, a reasonable place to start.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting that people, there's like this wall of confusion around Bitcoin. And it's, you know, when you think about stocks, if you're buying Tesla stock, sometimes you're not buying a whole Tesla stock. You can buy fractions of a stock just like you can buy fractions of a bitcoin. And I think sometimes people have this conception of it's oh, it's too late for me. You know, I, I can't get in. And so I think like really encouraging um, a shift of looking at bitcoin in a denomination of satoshis is at least something that we've tried to do at Lolly. I see other companies doing that more. The conversation is changing to talking about sats, which I think is is better marketing and it's a better understanding of the um, you know, the technology.
2: Absolutely. So yeah. So let's talk about Lolly. Lolly helps people stack sats in a kind of novel way, a way that, you know, before I, I came across you guys, I had not seen this specific model. Usually it's always about like, you know, trading or buying or something like that. Can you talk about how Lolly works, helps people stack sats?
0: Yeah. Lolly is very similar to a honey or an Ebates. It's, it's you know, besides couponing, at honey, like it is basically the Ebates model of earning cash back, but this is just Bitcoin back on your purchases. So we saw it as there's been three, there's been sort of three waves of adoption. You know, there's mining, the you know, the first wave, then there was like buying, people going on exchange, purchasing it, we saw that a lot in 2017. But we wanted to issue in a third wave, which is earning, passively earning Bitcoin and really giving people every opportunity to stack stats that they can. Because you think about it, you know, your family members are probably not gonna set up a mining rig in their apartment or home. It's, it's costly. Um, complicated. And that's just not, that's not an option for everyone. Buying on an exchange people, you know, they question like, when, when should I buy? Do I buy now? Do I, and then that kind of, that fear, that hesitancy sometimes, you know, withdraws them from ever making a purchase at all because they're just not really sure about the asset. But Lolly's different because you're just shopping as you regularly would. You're just shopping and, you know, getting Bitcoin back on your purchases. So, you know, hypothetically not going to happen. Bitcoin goes to zero. You've lost nothing. You've earned, you just earned this on things that you would have shopped for anyway. So we're partnered with a thousand brands, you know, Lululemon, Priceline, Expedia, eBay, like Glossier, like very modern brands too that people are shopping with on a regular basis. So it's um it's kind of just a no brainer. You know, you, you why leave some Bitcoin on the table if you don't have to? And you look at some of our, you could go to Ebates and earn cash back, but people who stack stats with Lolly a year ago have paid off some of the items that they've bought, which is crazy. So um, we try to educate between cash back and Bitcoin, you know, back why it's more advantageous to get the Bitcoin back.
2: And some people that you know aren't aren't as familiar with e-commerce or some of these platforms might not even necessarily like the actual mechanism of how a platform like, like this works. Is it is it accurate to say this is kind of tied into the affiliate deals that these uh, retailers will usually have for anyone that can drive traffic to their site? And then some of that uh, affiliate commission is basically being passed on to the user. Is that is that a reasonable understanding of it?
0: Yeah, the business model is simple. You know, We bring in a customer. So it works great on both ends, the merchant and the uh, consumer, are both getting exposure to Bitcoin without having to like really get involved with Bitcoin because we're helping facilitate that relationship. The merchant can offer and be like pro-Bitcoin, offer Bitcoin rebates. And we bring in the customer, We there's a commission, they send us a check. We split that check. We give a majority of the Bitcoin to the user and just send it to their wallet. So there's nothing that the merchant has to handle and there's nothing that the consumer has to worry about. And so we, we find that this is an easier way of adoption, of getting people like the whole e-commerce community involved um, in wanting to offer Bitcoin back.
2: And another part of the the challenge here is, and this is is kind of like a criticism that's been levied against the cryptos generally, but particularly in Bitcoin, is it's not a great mechanism for lots and lots and lots of transactions because of the transaction fees inherent to it. And so, you know, we saw Tesla announce that like, you know, they're going to accept that as a, a means of payment, but most retailers still don't accept that as an actual medium of exchange. So this is also, from the retailer's perspective, a way of getting adjacent to this very hot space without necessarily completely changing their financial rails for accepting payment for the stuff that they're selling.
0: Yeah. Well, I do think that companies will do... I think in 2021, you'll see that. I think there will be companies that integrate, like how Tesla did, receiving Bitcoin for payment on, on things. I mean, you see governments doing that already, like you know, Miami, the governor or the mayor down there, he's offered people the ability to pay their taxes in Bitcoin. So I think you'll see that. I mean, it's advantageous for these companies to do that, I I believe personally. But um, yeah, I mean, taking out the stress, even though, you know, while I feel like Bitcoin is simple, it can be complicated for a lot of people. Taking that stress away from them is really what we're trying to do. And obviously, like, you know, Wally, you know, is a custodian, but we do want people to to, we want to be that gateway that people can then take their Bitcoin off eventually and like own the asset, but that there needs to be some sort of training wheels to get them there. It's not just overnight thing. I love the meme that's like slowly and then all at once. I think that's like kind of how we operate where we feel like we're, you know, getting people in the door, getting people like comfortable. And then once they kind of have ownership over it, they're kind of looking at the price a lot. You know, they're like, they're engaged, they're checking the price, they're, they're like, oh, I, I could have earned Bitcoin on that. I could have done this. And and then that kind of makes them an, an investor um, without having to like basically have them jump off the like high dive immediately. You
2: know what I mean? Absolutely. And so the, the custodying part is really interesting. Like, you know, to compare there's um, the grayscale Bitcoin trust exceptionally uh, <laughs> growing exceptionally fast that custody of bitcoins for all, everyone from like institutions to you know folks like my dad who don't want to mess with Having a private key and a passcode, and you know this control over every single coin, and they just kind of want that exposure to the asset to some degree. And then someone like me, who's more about like you know I'm, I'm trying to understand this and see what I can do with it, and you know play with a hardware wallet and these other elements. Can you talk maybe just in broad strokes about how that custodying works? Because that's very similar to like what PayPal did in you know allowing people to buy and sell crypto, which is we're gonna basically hold this for you. You're just gonna have the capacity to buy and sell it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Without getting like too opsacky, you you know, explaining how we handle our Bitcoin, but yeah, we we buy Bitcoin and own it, and then you know we basically transfer it out to the customer whenever they want it transferred out. And we, we really encourage people to do that. Um, I don't know if everyone's ready to be their own bank. I know we like to say this phrase. I still think we're really, early. Some people don't want that responsibility. It freaks them out. And I think we can be understanding of that. Totally fine. We get that. Um, I think if people are leaving their, you know, their Bitcoin on and any sort of exchange, you should be earning some sort of interest on it. Um, I encourage that if you don't want to put it in a hardware wallet, like you're just it's all about like gamifying the system, really. There's always a way to be really getting a, a kickback and not to go too off, you know, the track of what we're talking about, but like think about, you know, just credit card rewards that you use like a, a chase. Like you are you should be getting a reward. You should be making your purchases with Bali on a credit card. That's a reward. You get points for that. You're also getting Bitcoin back. There's so many ways to be accumulating free money in, you know, today's world that was not available, say, you know, even... 15, 20 years ago. So it's like, I, I think that I, at least what I try to do with Lolly, you know, as the head of comms and, and running marketing is trying to get that message out there and trying to help people basically have more autonomy over their wealth, because there, there is ways for people to like elevate out, out of, you know, wh- whatever tax bracket they were born into. And I think that's really the power of Bitcoin.
2: Absolutely. I mean, to take that example a step further, you guys partner with Expedia. So I could be buying uh, my vacation through Expedia. I could be paying it for uh, with it for a credit card on which I get rewards. And then their interview uh, integrated with the buy now pay later platform, Klarna, which is like a firm and those other ones, where you could even break out the payment for your vacation into installments over time. Okay. So the 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 amount of tools available to the average individual to finance whatever it is that they want to do. You're not a vacation person. You're a, you know, you need new Nike shoes, whatever the thing may be is staggering. It's, it's unparalleled at any other point in time. And to me, it's, it's mostly, it's not even creativity. It's not like you're being creative to assemble that all together. It's just having legibility over all those things, because there is so much, and it can be overwhelming to like, think about that. And then to also think about like, your diet and also think about like the eight other things that you're juggling to just maintain your life
0: exactly yeah i i totally agree but you know the way that financial institutions have been set up for so long is really to be against you know the it's like a casino like there, it's the odds are always against you they've always been against you and so i think this is why we see things like the GameStop um short squeeze and like things we're seeing this like shit culturally or like the sort of a a revolution of people just tired of that and trying to take ownership back. So while it does take like time to look into how to get the most bang for your buck when you're making any purchases, it's totally available. It's totally out there for you. Um, And so I I encourage people, you know, when they're looking into how, how they're receiving their rewards to really, you know, question like, should you be getting cash back? Like, why, why are you not choosing Bitcoin? Like, that's a question I'm interested in knowing a lot of people just haven't built that trust, but I feel like, you know, if you're stacking South to you're basically dollar cost averaging in because you're, you're at different price points of whenever you're purchasing said item. So you're going on that trip to wherever uh, or just buying a shirt, buying a gift, sending your mother flowers. You're, you're stacking at all different Bitcoin prices. So within your wallet, then you have like a, a really good average of, you know, Bitcoin
2: absolutely so how did you end up in this role as the head of comms for lolly you were a, a senior account executive at a pretty large uh, agency yeah. in new york i sure that there were other options available to you like what was it that attracted you the bitcoin space generally specifically to lolly and, and this kind of uh startup
0: so i got into bitcoin in 2016 and uh started working at a firm called waxman i think in 2017 and it was kind of a jump um it's funny now you know my parents people were like what are you doing like what are you doing to get involved in crypto and that was basically the whole ico sto wave which was just nuts and then the first sort of major bull run for crypto and that was what a time to be alive that was an insane time to work in the industry everything was growing really quickly and you know then the bear market came and still worked on a lot of projects still believed in in what we were doing but I did have a friend who works at uh worked at Barstool who connected me to Alex just put us on like a text chain not a thread I don't know and um was like come to talk to my friend this is like a brilliant idea and I had worked on a lot of clunky sort of projects in this space that just weren't ready to be the success that I I thought I've worked on a lot of projects a lot of crypto, a lot of blockchain projects. And immediately when Alex pitched this to me, I was like, this is sellable. You can, people will want to talk about this. You're, you're bridging something that's highly technical with something that's very human. Um, people have been shopping for a long time. People need, always need to buy groceries. They always need to put clothes on their backs. And not only that, you're bridging like trust, which is these brands that people have shopped with their whole lives to something that's maybe foreign or uncomfortable, Bitcoin and new medium of exchange and you're putting that together and that is how you build trust you know with the consumer so i talked to alex great like such a visionary such a like a really smart uh, founder and ceo so i was like he's like give me a give me a you know proposal of what you would do and i pitched it to him and then basically he's like all right <laughs> let's do it and we've been building ever since and i mean we just we're just growing like crazy um, right now so it's it's an exciting time to be working in the space and like super proud of what we've been able to do. We've given over, um, you know, $3 million worth away in Bitcoin, on you know, Bali, which is like insane to me. Um, and it's, it really feels really good every day to like give people money. Like that's such a great job to come in and like, it's a just, pretty good gig. It's a great gig. I'm just and, like yesterday, I just dropped like 10 people, a hundred bucks in Bitcoin. And I was like, I feel like I made their day. Do you know what I mean? Like they, <laughs> They, it was like the end of the day and they probably didn't know that they were going to win anything. And I was like, $100, $100, $100. And that feels so good to me. Like, I'm just, I'm just happy that other people can own the asset and feel great about it. And not only that, we're bringing so many um, more women on, which I'm really proud of, you know. Inherently, crypto has been sort of like a male-dominated space, but like this whole new wave is bringing a ton of women on. Like 30% of Lolly's users are female, we've found. And so that's, that's pretty high compared to like other exchanges um, and things like that. So that that's exciting as well.
2: Even if you just think about it in, uh, as two industries overlapping, you got tech and you got finance is two of the broiest, um yep. you know. This is what historically. I say
0: all the time. This is what I say. And people are like, why aren't women involved? I'm like, it's because you have an overlap of like, there's always been fewer women in tech. There's always been fewer women in finance. You put these two together, and that's not wrong or right. It's just what it has been. And I think we need to just like accept it. We can get women in. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but like I've been I've been saying that like for so long.
1: <laughs> yeah, and
2: and I even so so I have a couple female friends that I can have. The, the conversation with but yeah. like even taking the self-inventory of the times I, I'm you know the meme it's like Charlie from Always Sunny where it's like what I think I look like when I'm talking about Bitcoin what I actually look like and he's like the crazy like conspiracy yeah. theorist like drawing the <laughs> web on the wall I'll get I'll get someone you to edit that like onto the...
0: that behind you you have like the whiteboard
2: yeah I, I could actually I feel act like it you out. need
0: to make a meme of yourself like doing that
2: hundred <laughs> percent but yeah, there's there's just different ways. Like like this is this is well known. I also have a friend who's you know, developing a specific makeup line for men and their use to like it, it, it's packaged for men, it's designed for men. Like there, there are different ways to package these things to speak to the demo that you're trying to reach, and it's really just candidly a blind spot if you're the developer, if you're the builder of the project, and you're not recognizing, fifty percent of the population is you know, has spending power, has earning power, has some desire for, you know, better financial tools, and you're not speaking to them in a way that's accessible. So that was the other thing that kind of jumped out about this.
0: Well, yeah, and I think that's a really good point. I think that the way we brand companies, especially in finance has always been very like, t- like, tough, you know, and it has to be you're holding people's money. So you want to look trusted, you want not look like a scam but there's a, there's an lolly was able to branch in and tap into like this jovial funny mimetic like voice that wasn't out there people were still trying to take themselves too seriously and we're like we're not going to take ourselves seriously at all we're we're giving away or we're going to call ourselves lolly <laughs> we're going to give away like our emojis a lollipop. we're going to which i thought was really genius alex named it that because um you know when you go to the bank back in the day um <laughs> there's like lollipops at the desk. Oh yeah. And so it's like that reward for going to the bank and very genius. Very Yeah. But, um, that's kind of the idea there, but it's, it, it's supposed to be happy. It's supposed to bring, like, it doesn't need to be this like hard, complicated thing. Like even our colors are purple. Like the way we run our social and marketing is silly by most you know terms. And like, I think that's kind of just where marketing is going. People, these, all these brands are taking themselves so seriously. All their copy is so dry. Like, get get people involved by acting like a human. And I think that's really what drew me to the company. Cause I feel like I, I don't try to take myself too seriously most of the time. And I, I think that people are kind of tired of that. Like it's not, Twitter's not LinkedIn. We need to stop like talking to our like customers this way. It's just boring. Obviously there are times for it, but I think everyone can chill a bit.
1: hundred
2: um, percent. That was the other thing that I wanted to mention, just the comm strategy generally for Lolly. Um, So you reference Barstool. Um, I I think Morning Brew fits in the similar vein of these very kind of personality driven brands where there's, I always say there's like the banner over top that everyone's kind of flying under, but underneath that flag, you have a bunch of kind of very distinct entities and you're not going for, you think of like a, a previous time where like, you know, an IBM salesperson had to have like the same haircut and it had to be a blue shirt because there was like a uniformity that, you know signaled safety, signaled whatever that you were trying to get through. And that's, this is just not the era for that type of strategy. So you, I mean, you very much have, have come to occupy this almost like, you know, face of the brain, so to speak. And, and in the way that in a previous era, there would be like the celebrity spokesperson that you kind of pulled in to, to, you know, be the mouthpiece for a brand that was coming out there. How have you thought about that? Like, where do you, you know, take influences from, you know, the, the, the beauty of the memes is you can kind of, you know. Regurgitated in your own voice very uh, very quickly.
0: Yeah, some inspirations from the beginning um, was Barstool. I actually my friend who was talking about earlier, he I got to know him in twenty I think it was twenty sixteen. So that's right before they hired Eric and who became the CEO. And she really, I mean, the growth from twenty seventeen at Barstool to twenty twenty one I it mean, it's insane. Like the, it's a huge media company. And they've expanded expanded out of just um, sports, obviously, to just all sorts of content and events and all of that. And so I recognize that I don't really know why really early just watching their model that all companies are media companies and they all need to have um, this footprint. And it's funny because people used to talk for years and like, get your social, your intern social media manager, like your are in, inter- you're especially during a pandemic, the only way you're communicating with people is through social, like that, that we, you live online. There's no Lolly store that you're going to go into and like, yeah, I don't know, shop at it's we're all online. So how do you, you know, build the people that you work with into brands and then potentially influencers down the road. Um, I didn't think I would, you know, grow myself this far, but like it, it sort of just happens because, um, you know, you're talking about the stuff that you're interested in, you're talking for the brand. And I think that, like, elevating your employees to be so called spokespeople, have a podcast, have a show, makes people want to shop with you. They make they, It makes it human. They want to interact with your brand. So um, I think Barstool's done a great job of it. I think Morning Brew's done a, a hell of a job. Like, they're all totally crushing it. And it's hard to really emulate that model. Obviously, we're a little bit different, but it, it doesn't mean just because your company is in sports that you have to stay in your zone of sports. Like you can talk about a lot of stuff and then, you know, same with finance, you can move out into to different areas. So yeah, um, I think that's been a huge shift. And now I, I, I feel like everyone's sort of late, not late, but they're like kind of trying to do that now, which people, I mean, Barstool has, has been doing it for four years. I guess, like, or longer. I mean, Dave's been a personality for, I don't know how long, but he's, I mean, the whole like one bite, everyone knows the rules, all those things. Like it's, people know that meme now. So it's like amazing branding.
1: A hundred
2: percent in terms of, so the other thing that I always think about that is it's also a recruiting weapon in the sense that like, I can remember getting the, you know, like so much weird advice from like the career resource center, or when you're like just starting out of school, like trying to figure out what the heck is even going on. And there's like the one piece of advice is like, okay, you know, let's say you do well in the interview, you have the right resume at the margins, they're gonna hire the person they're like, I could have a beer with that person after the meal, or I'm sorry, uh, after after work, like that's going to be like, at the margins, how they might decide who who would join the company. And That's also what you're basically getting to embody with this style of like being a little sillier or just kind of being, you know, a more authentic version of yourself is it's like, Oh, if I work with them, like they're going to talk like normal people. And we're not just going to be, you know, putting on, uh, you know, work face and, and work voice every single time we, you know, tune in nine to
0: five. Yeah. Something that actually Eric and Ardini from Barstool told me a few years ago was if, you know, whatever content you're putting out there into the world, that's really like your resume you know, if you want to get hired somewhere, make amazing content. Your Twitter is your brain and how you think. And it's funny, you know, there's kids that go to like Ivy League schools. They do all, they do all the right things. They like do the resume and sure they'll get far. I think in the startup space and if they, if they want to run up that line, that's fine. That's like a very traditional model. No one's knocking that. Uh, I would say that you don't need to do that. You don't even need to go to college anymore. In my opinion, you make amazing content. You want to like work for a company, just do it, just put it out there. They're going to notice it after time. If it's really good, people will want you to work for your company. That is your resume. Like, I think that you can learn a lot of that online. You can learn a lot of it on YouTube. You can pick up the skills that you want. If you want video editing, um, if you're smart, Woody, you can put out memes. I mean, that is the internet. Like, can we just zoom out and just realize that like the whole GameStop saga was like memed into existence and like took down hedge funds that's insane that's the world we're living into all the memes are changing the money dogecoin like it's it, it's there's it's not the same anymore and people are still trying to play by that old um like that kind of run out old playbook and it's just you can do it but like i i think the world's changing personally
2: and, and in another ode to barstool as an as an innovator like he hired vindog to be his meme maker and yeah. i i've also spoken with like friends like like every if, if you could in some way and it really once again would be the resume of just like what you've put out in the past but if you could develop this track record as a meme maker doing it timely doing it wittily doing it you know on point with with high acknowledgement of whatever trend I feel like that's something that every savvy company will be hiring for in the near future yeah
0: Yes, mark my words, there will be roles for chief meme officer. It'll be like the new CMO, but like a different CMO. Um, I, I genuinely believe that. I think that the, especially for someone who's worked in comms and, and agencies and, and has seen that process of how long it takes copy to get approved, sending it to someone else's side, sending it to someone else's side, we're all agreeing on the messaging. By the time you get that out there sometimes, it's too late. And I saw an interesting TikTok or someone explaining explained about, how trends change so fast on TikTok that the brands that are trying to, to basically stay relevant on TikTok, it's taking them too long. And the trend, once the trend dies out, it's done. Like same things with memes. Once that gets to the Ellen DeGeneres show, cut it. Like it's, <laughs> it's done. Like people sort of like, I mean, the Bernie meme is a great example of it. Like people killed that to death. Now it's not used at all because it, it's not funny anymore and so like you have you have to be able to move quick and you will, you need to let your creators and the and have that trust in the people running your brand that they're going to do things okay and just let them let them go because either either that or you're too late you're just wasting your time which i think is an interesting thing that's how fast the internet is moving now
2: totally and and the truth is though you know outside of some of the just the really out of bounds like immoral stuff most of it isn't going to be devastating if you get it wrong. Like the, like the, you, you can take a lot of shots on goal. Some of them miss. And as long as you're not like turning around and shooting it like at the coach on the bench, you're probably going to be okay.
0: Yeah, that's it's, the thing. I mean, you have made no guarantee also the way uh, TikTok's algorithm is very interesting and I've done some research into it, but you don't even know if that, that video is going to be seen that much. It, it could take off. It could not. You don't know. And that you need to take a risks with your brand. I get people are very want to protect their brand i understand that as long as like you're not doing anything that is you know super insane and i mean we can you know i don't know if you saw the burger king thing for international women's day like (laughs) women belong in the kitchen thing you know there's times where you're just like "Eh." but also did was burger king the most talked about company that day like is burger king gonna go away i mean it was I, i don't agree with it but like let's zoom out was Burger King, did it get all the exposure that it wanted? So isn't that the goal at the end of the day? You're trying to like do something that people remember. I mean, it's like controversial GoDaddy Super Bowl ads. Like is GoDaddy out of business? No. Is Burger King going to still sell burgers tomorrow? Yes. And you can say it's negative, but people are still going to go get fries and a shake from there. Like, I don't, I just think we all need to chill out. Um, I don't think it's, there was, it wasn't the right messaging, but um, you know, if you're TikTok, if you're, whatever meme you don't do right as long as you you're not doing something absolutely, you know, heinous, I think you and cancelable. I think you could probably do okay. It's you just got to take a risk.
2: Absolutely. Well, Aubrey, this has been great. I want to ask our, our standard last questions, but before I do that, I want a prediction for the Eagles next season.
0: Oh my god. Um <laughs> that's so funny. It's hard to say Jalen Hurts, I mean to be honest, I'm glad Carson Wentz is gone. I've been saying it for years. Do you want me to give my honest prediction or like Yeah. I don't I don't think I think it's a I think it's a losing se- season. Do you want me to give you like the I guess 7 and 9? I don't know. I don't think it's going to be like that great of a season. How many games are there 16 usually? Yep. If they don't go back to the old whatever schedule they did last year. 7 and 9. I don't know. I don't think it's that great of a season to be honest.
2: A little bit, little bit of a reload, restock the barrel, figure out what you got, and hopefully we
0: will be rebuilding for several years. I'm going to say that. <laughs> we, we need a lot of help, and I think Howie Roseman should be fired. That's all.
2: Right on. We had a we had a previous guest uh, predict, you know, roaring success for Tua in Miami before the season uh, last year. It didn't work out so well. So we'll we'll return back. We'll see if, if it comes true. This has been awesome. I want to make sure that folks can uh, check out Lolly. Uh, see what you guys are building and doing over there. In addition to the the great content you guys put out, uh, what digital coordinates can we provide for people that want to learn more?
0: Yes. First, if you have not sent it for Lolly, do so immediately. It's lolly.com and we are on Twitter at TryLolly and Instagram at Lolly, TikTok at Lolly app. So follow us there. I'm at Aubrey Strobel on Twitter. That's mostly where you can find me. Um, but yeah, do all those things. Hit like, subscribe, follow us on YouTube as well. I do a weekly show called Bali TV where I break down, um, I think the most important Bitcoin news, we do memes and um, some Bitcoin giveaways. So it's also another opportunity to earn stack stats with us.
2: Right on. I, I love that, that. When you said that that is part of your job is just like giving away money like that. That's uh, not as, as good as it gets. So people should definitely check that out. We'll link it all. Uh, in the show notes, in the podcast app, you're probably listening to this or at com slash podcast for every single episode of the show. But before I let you go, Aubrey, I want to give you the mic one final time to issue an actionable personal challenge for the audience.
0: Okay. I think that what I want the audience to do is if you have an elderly person in your life that you have not called recently, give them a phone call and talk to them. Obviously, I know some people can't really do it right now with the pandemic, but if they've been vaccinated and you can reach out to them, um, I think have a conversation and just listen to them. I know a lot of elderly people have had a really lonely year this past year um, with the pandemic and not been able to see their family members. So I think that would be a positive challenge for your audience.
2: I absolutely love that. My uh, my folks just got their their vaccinations completed, so I have been... Um, excited to dole out a bunch of hugs that have been uh, you know long overdue so um, that's a that's a fantastic challenge
1: I
0: love that congratulations happy I'm so happy for you
2: (laughs) thank you Aubrey this has been great thank you so much for spending some time coming on the show
0: great thank you so much for having me on
2: we just went deep with Aubrey Strobel hope everyone out there has a fantastic day
1: Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to the end of my conversation with Aubrey. If you're interested in more cryptocurrency related interviews, then check out past interview with Anthony Pompliano. Last year in the midst of the pandemic, some economic commentary and his thoughts about Bitcoin.
0: Thanks for listening. Connect with Aaron on Twitter and Instagram at AaronWatson59.